It's been a while. The roads were a little empty. Places where we used to gather went quiet. We've gone through a year that tested us. But we're starting to see the promise of a new day. For more than a hundred years, there's one place where we all came together to be entertained, to escape, to go someplace new. The movies. There's nothing like that moment when the lights go down. The projector ignites. And we believe. You're not thinking what I think you're thinking. There's no bridge! Oh, hell no. Well, that was new. After staying apart for so long, we miss the old life. Do you? Every day. It's time to come back together. I'm ready if you are. To laugh. My ass is in fuego! To cheer. Yes! We're ready to make you believe again. Whoa. Because nobody does a comeback like the movies. It's good to be back. See you soon. Welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley, and I'm super excited for this week's show as we continue the fast saga with F9, which means I'm joined for this very special F9 episode by the great Adam Risky once again in the studio. The movies. The movies. <laughs> uh, how, how do you feel about F9, the fast saga as a title? I don't like it. Okay. Do you like it? No. I don't like that there's literally no um, logic to any of the naming conventions for this franchise. Yeah. Yeah. They're I mean, all different. This is true, but it also kind of is in spirit of the movies. The bit, movies. Because, those mo- because the continuity is all over the place. Sure. And weird and actively frustrated (laughs) (laughs) so we are going to talk f9 the fast saga we will talk spoiler free for a few minutes at the at the start of our review 
And then we have to get into spoilers to really talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about what we've seen lately. Uh, hope everybody had a great June exploitation. Today is the last day of June exploitation. If you're listening to this, yeah. the day the podcast comes out, yeah. June 30th is the final day. Everybody seemed like they had a good time and watched a lot of movies. So that's pretty great. Remember to also pay Allstate, pay your rent. Yes. A lot of stuff is due on the 30th. Yeah, June 30th. So yeah, watch keep a that vampire movie and then pay your rent. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Dracula's Daughter today. I say this not right. Record, we're not recording it on June 30th. Correct. But, but yeah, Dracula's Daughter is the it's kismet. This is happening with me a little bit because it's fits the theme for June exploitation. Yeah, and I'm also trying to watch a bunch of stuff that I haven't seen from the new Beverly schedule. Nice. So I'm just like, ooh, that really worked out. Yeah, I'm yeah. happy. About I have that. a couple of those in my my list of what have I been seeing oh, good, good lately. I always want to say what have you been watching, but that's a different show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of which, Adam Risk, have you seen anything good lately? I'm gonna break out the Kismet picks first. What Kismet yeah. picks? Kismet selections. It's a new feature here on F This Movie. <laughs> We're calling Kismet Pigs. Sixpence None the Richer presents <laughs> Kismet. Dun, 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 dun. Um, so the first one was I watched Kung Fu's Hero on uh, Free Space Day. Okay. And it is, it was one of the new Beverly double features with like the young dragon. And it was playing the day that I was leaving LA when I was on vacation there. And I was bummed because I always wanted to see one of their Kung Fu double features I think it probably would have played better there than it did, like, on YouTube when yeah. I watched it at home. Because this one, like, I've had some jewels from past June exploitations with Kung Fu Day, like um, Crippled Avengers or Five oh, Deadly yeah. Venoms or um, Ninja Busters. Yes. Miami Connection. Yes. So a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of great ones. Some of those were watched here. Some of them were, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was what I remember when I watched Ninja Busters, I had one, I, I think one of my best jokes ever and only you laughed and I, I was so happy with you. And, and then even Adam Thoss said something like that was so stupid. And I was just like, how dare you, sir? It was, um, the joke. Yeah. yeah, it was one of the guys was wearing a gi and he was flirting with a girl and i said nothing but a gee thing nice and i thought that was really funny i like it and in the moment it was really good sure but whatever <laughs> unappreciated in your time i don't know truth like and comedy. all the greats i guess so um so this one yeah you can only find it on youtube as far as i can tell um it was like one of the wu-tang collection right martial arts movies it's from 1973 has Bolo Young in it in a really early role, but he's not in a lot of it. But the only things I really liked about it is the end fight scene is like 20 minutes long, which is just what you Always want good. in a martial arts movie. And yeah. it ends in the ocean because okay. they like are fighting on the beach and then they run into the ocean for like 30 seconds and then one guy drowns the other guy. Wow. And it's just like, okay, well, that's it. But wow. they do it from like kind of a long, like a medium shot. Okay. So it's just like very matter of fact. It's just like <laughs> this fight is over. <laughs> it's like you're tired now. This fight is over. Um, and I like a wet fight. I do like the wet fights. And also has like one thing I just love about like kung fu movies is like 
the whoosh bicycle kick sounds. Oh, sure. Like, I love it even more than the impact sounds. It's just, like, just picking up the whoosh air sound. So, this one's okay. It's not, like, anything I would recommend seeking out. However, the other Kismet pick (laughs) is of unknown origin. Have you ever seen that? Sure. Peter Weller and a giant rat. Oh, my God. (laughs) I have never been more entertained by a movie than during Of Unknown Origin. I watched that for 80s horror. Nice. Good pick. And um, I've never liked Peter Weller more in a movie than in that. I mean, RoboCop? I love RoboCop, but it's not necessarily Peter Weller. Mm. Although, when I see Robert John Burke, I'm just like, but Peter Weller. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. and it's kind of like the Fast series. Like, the new ones exist to make you think the older one was better. It's working. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and same thing with Peter Weller sure. in Robocop. Um, and I gotta... I mean, the movie's great. It's like, you know, total man versus rat thing. Milk to, like, every ounce of goodness that you could ever want. Um, but introducing Shannon Tweed... Good Lord. Are there three greater words in the English language? No. I, I truly believe that she should have been like a legit movie star. And yeah. I know she had a long career. And I said something like that on Twitter once. And, of course, everybody piles on with masturbation jokes and Playboy yeah. and Skinamax. And uh, fine. Ha ha. Get, yeah. your, get your moment. Um, but I think she's great. I think she's a, a real movie star. She has like – I a Cameron Diaz thing mm-hmm. where it's like you yeah. just see her and she kind of just lights up the yep. movie that she's in. Yeah. I don't know like it, what her range was necessarily as an actress, but I mean like in terms of just sheer star power yes. and like, who is that? Like right. that. Yeah. Shannon Tweed. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Love Shannon Tweed. Um, and then I did a trifecta of 2001 releases, specifically <laughs> summer 2001 movies. So um, I picked two that actually were kind of it might you might say they were kismet picks more kismet picks? more kismet picks not necessarily because they met up with New Beverly schedule or June exploitation or something like that but um, although I did watch one of them for free space or uh, free space days today today is? today is free, yeah. free space day on the twenty eighth but they were just so similar. And it was Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Which I've never seen. Which is, I'll get to that in a second, but the other one was Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. Which I saw opening day. Wow. Because they were premiering the first Spider-Man trailer in front of it. Oh, that's what it was. And this I was like was maybe pre-internet yeah. for me. Okay. And like everything was dial up and you, you yeah. know, it would have taken me four days to watch the Spider-Man trailer. Yeah. So I just went to the theater to see it. It was that World Trade Center teaser. Yeah. R.I.P. That teaser. Yeah. Um, you can still find it blurry yeah. somewhere. But. Uh, but I don't remember much of Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. So the reason why I said they were kismet picks is because they're sort of like a perfect double feature for 2001 because they both are Avatar. Well, now you have my attention. Because it's both military guy is evil, there's the good heroes... And there's stuff about like Dewa or Ewa or like saving the spirit. <laughs> it's Dewa, the please. spirit. Well, Dewa is in Final Fantasy. Oh, for real? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like the the spirit within me and like the earth and you're hurting the earth and you're hurting Atlantis and like the girl is the key and everything like mm. that. So Atlantis: The Lost Empire is like a movie. I Titan A.E. and Atlantis and um. 
what's the other one? Treasure Planet. Yeah. I would put them all in the same grouping where it's these crazy expensive movies that never would have made their budgets back. Um, they're clearly labors of love. And they're also like the equivalent of a nerd you would stuff into a locker in those <laughs> movies. So like I kind of am rallying behind them, even though I know that they're not quite that good. And Atlantis is kind of a drag and it's not real entertaining. It's got – it's cool to watch like a 2D animated movie right. because not a lot of it's those It's animated exist. by 2D yeah. from Facts of Life. <laughs> yeah. She did a great job. She really did. Her hands She did the whole cramped. thing on roller skates. Her That's amazing. is so crazy. <laughs> Um, that's not a Shannon Tweed joke. That's no. a 2D animating <laughs> Atlantis, the Lost Empire joke. Um, and then, uh, Final Fantasy is also kind of like a curiosity, I guess, more than anything. Remember when it was so scary that that was the future of movies? And yeah. It's like, oh, actors are going to be out of work. Yeah. That didn't that happen. Didn't happen no. no. It was like Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Where right. It was like, this is the future. Oh, yeah. no one saw this movie? Cool. <laughs> Let's go back to what we were doing. Yeah. I don't know. The The thing with um, Final Fantasy that I found so kind of interesting is they clearly had actors in mind that would be the voice talents of certain things because they animated like the guy who Alec Baldwin's voicing and he looks exactly like Ben Affleck. And you're just like, this is weird. Yeah. Why is his voice coming out of Ben Affleck? Mm. The guy that Donald Sutherland is voicing was clearly supposed to be Anthony Hopkins. Mm. I'm just like, what is going on? <laughs> but um, for a movie that I watched, you know, while I was working from home and I needed something that would feel like it took eight hours to finish. Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. <laughs> That's the pull quote. Yeah. <laughs> I remember none of it. I saw that and I saw Titan AE theatrically and I remember yeah. zero seconds of both movies. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, Titan AE is one that I own, but I like have no idea why. I think it's just because it's like the Page Master where it's like if I own it, I'm just like... I know that I'm like feeding it for another day. Right. It's like the Sally You're Struthers giving it a good philosophy. Home. Yeah. I am giving it a good home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the third movie, and this is kind of the weird one for me because I saw Evolution opening night. Saw that opening day as well. Did a double feature with Swordfish. That was the I, I saw it on back to back days. I saw. Okay. I went opening night to Evolution, second day to Swordfish. Oh, you couldn't. I couldn't, couldn't wait for wait the new Reitman. For the new Ghostbusters. Yeah. And let me tell you, it is better than Ghostbusters 2016. <laughs> and it is better than Ghostbusters 2. Okay. Um, I will support these uh, these claims. I don't know what it is, man. Evolution fucking worked for me this time. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was sitting there watching it. I'm like, why did I not love this? <laughs> so I, And I was not expecting that. Like Everything about the movie was just like clicking. I'm just like, you got your Ted Levine villain. Right. Orlando Jones should have been a mega fucking star. Like, what happened there? That was certainly the movie to do it. He was really funny. Yeah. It also proves my theory that any movie's improved by having Stifler in it. Not Sean William Scott, but him as the Stifler proxy right. makes any right. movie better. Right. It improves Road Trip. It improves Evolution. It improves... What else am I forgetting? Uh, I don't know. What else? But anyway, I don't know. Yeah. But I don't know what it is. I'm a... I, I'm the world's biggest fan of the movie Evolution. All right. I'm glad to have you on the show. Yeah. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> Let's talk about Evolution. I, was, I honestly haven't seen it in years. I own the DVD, but I'm I haven't very difficult to it book. <laughs> in many years. 
I remember thinking some stuff was funny and some stuff was trying too hard. But no, you're wrong. Everything about it. All right. It all. Every joke works. We're adding it to the pantheon of rare special effects comedies that work. Then. Yeah. Men in Black, Galaxy Quest, Ghostbusters, Evolution. And when I say, like, everything about it works and I love Evolution, I mean, like, it's as good as Men in Black 3, which is, like, okay, it's good. (laughs) Yeah. So I got to take it down, like, the temperature down a little bit. I'm just very surprised. I'm caught up in the moment of being surprised by – because I rewatch all these 2001 movies, and more often than not, I'm just, like – it's about what I thought that it was in 2001. But then I rewatch, like, a Jurassic Park 3 or this, and I'm just like, wait a minute. Yeah. These are so much better than I remember them being. I've got one of those, but hold on one second. Okay. Yeah, and then um, I rewatched more Fast and Furious movies, so just for the sake of my rankings, and okay, three and four got a boost. I'm, Interesting. I'm, I'm liking three Did and four. Three get a boost because of nine. Uh no. And you're like, look at Lucas Black when he looked healthy. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? Uh, I don't know. I don't want to speculate. I don't either. Yeah, maybe he's just aged weird. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, he he aged weird in Seven when he had the cameo because that looked like a 40-year-old man desperately trying to look like he was 20 again. Right. But, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. I don't either. But uh, I, I have a theory, and I kind of teased it already, that I think every new Fast and Furious movie exists to make you go back and love the earlier ones more. Okay. That's my thing. What, why I, do you think 4 improved this time? Because, and I was talking to Rob about this, I think that... He's a fan of 4. He's a big fan of 4, and I'm starting to kind of come around to it. Okay. Because that was always, like, near the bottom for me. Yeah, me too. But I think 1, I I think 3 is kind of an outlier. Yes. 1 and 2 are sort of together. Okay. 4 and 5 are close in tone. Okay. Six and seven are are kind of brothers where, like, they start going the crazy over the top. Yeah. And then eight and nine are kind of the Looney Tunes ones. Got it. And I'm seeing more from watching five and four together pretty recently that four is a pretty good warm-up to five. Okay. And it's not so much, like, this brooding drama. It's, like, the first half of five before five gets really good. Like five is all is good throughout, but right. like before it gets like really good. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what I like about it. Like if you do like a Kill Bill Volume One, Volume Two thing, I think that's where four and five come together. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I definitely need to rewatch four because I've probably only seen it two or three times. Yeah. And it's near the bottom of my list as yeah. well from memory, but as you point out, every new one makes the previous ones better. Yeah. So I'm guessing I like four better than some other movies that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm noticing that like one through five are my jams and like six and seven are closer to the bottom now. Interesting. Okay. One through five is like mixed for the top five for me. Okay. So, all right. Um, well, I did rewatch. The only one I rewatched before F9, the Fast Saga, was yeah. Too Fast, Too Furious. So good. Gets better every time I watch it. Yeah. I've been a fan of it for several years since just before. Because the first time I saw it, I was like, eh, whatever. You know, opening day. 
And then I rewatched it in the run up to Fast Five, which was my first time I did like a series rewatch right mm-hmm. before Fast Five came out. And I was like, wait a second, Too Fast, Too Furious is awesome. Yeah. And I only like it more every single time I watch it. Uh, and never did I have I liked it more than this most recent rewatch, uh, which was kind of like what you were talking about with Evolution, where you're just mm-hmm. like, oh my, and I, now I might be the world's biggest Too Fast, Too Furious fan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Uh, I actually reread something that I wrote, and I was like, oh, wow, this actually holds up. And I think a lot of what I say here is accurate, because I wrote a thing about it. I think we all did, Mm -hmm. leading up to seven. Yeah. Was it seven? Yeah, I think it was seven. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it would have been seven. Gosh, there's been a lot of these movies. It really (laughs) is. Yeah. Um, But I love it, and Mm -hmm. uh, I love Carter Verone. I really want him to come back. <laughs> he should. He's he's a better villain than Cipher. Cipher is not a good villain. I miss. And I like when, Charlize Theron, and I but, do too. But yeah. like, I miss when the villains counted in these movies. Like, they didn't turn in the next movie. And Cipher, right. I think, is. I have a theory. We'll get into this when we talk about F nine. But I have a the theory. Fast saga? The fast saga, oh, right. yeah, not 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 the keystroke, right? Yeah, um, but I have a I have a theory about what's going on with certain characters in this movie. All right, and I don't think these movies are smart enough to do it, yeah. but I think that there's something something's up. Okay, um, but getting back to my point, I met, like Braga's not the greatest villain in the world, but at least he was always a villain, right? Carter Verone's always a villain. Right. Johnny Tran is always a villain. Right, like I miss that. Right. And DK was always a villain. DK. Yeah. I mean, but I, I don't need any more of these flippy flop stuff. I don't need, <laughs> like, I don't want to see fucking Carter Verone going after Roman Pierce and F10 and then showing up at the barbecue at the end. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. He's just like, that's a pretty good barbecue. Well, what else have I seen lately? I Yesterday, Erica and I watched a movie on Netflix called Good on Paper, which is what I thought was a romantic comedy mm-hmm. written by and starring uh, the comedian Eliza Schlesinger. Are you familiar with her? I only know about this because they were talking about it on that Marin podcast. Oh, for real? Day. Yeah, just at the beginning because it was something that he watched. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, she was the it's directed by one of the actresses from glow so it's mm-hmm. probably a friend of his because he was on glow this is exactly what, okay yeah, yeah so it makes sense that he watched it um she became famous as because i used to cover stand-up comedy as a job and so i used to have to watch every episode of last comic standing mm-hmm. and uh she won last comic standing one season, the season, the first season I covered. So I've kind of followed her career and she's clearly trying to make the jump into films. Now this is, I think her first starring role. She had a supporting role in what was the Mark Wahlberg, Peter Berg, Netflix movie. Oh, Spencer confidential, Spencer confidential. She had a supporting role in that. I never watched it. I didn't either. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for knowing the name of it because my gosh, I don't, I'll theater for Wahlberg, but I ain't streaming for Wahlberg (laughs) between that and infinite. I'm just, I just can't go there anymore. No, I, I, because theater, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, go ahead. But because theaters opened again, 
I'm becoming pickier again about like the streaming stuff I watch. Okay. Where I'm just like, I'm not watching you, Chris Pratt movie, like to- the Tomorrow War on oh, Amazon. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. not doing that. I'm yeah. not going there. I deserve better. Yeah. Be in a theater. <laughs> if you're in a theater, gunpowder milkshake, I'll watch you. But otherwise, you just look like wanted to me. It's playing at the New Beverly. I haven't watched the trailer, but I yeah. will have to watch the movie. Yeah. Just for the cast alone. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm just so done with the faux wicks. Sure. I hear you. Yeah. Good on Paper is a weird movie that starts out like a conventional romantic comedy and then goes into crazy directions. Mm-hmm. And there's a disclaimer at the beginning of the movie that says this is based on a true story that was based on a lie or something like, like that. Mm-hmm. And that informs the plot of the movie, which I won't give away here. Um but it started to strike me as, because Eliza Schlesinger wrote the screenplay, this is something that happened to her, and she's working it out by writing a script about it and making a movie about it, where okay. she like has closure at the end and mm-hmm. gets to say the things that maybe she wishes she said. Yeah. I'm speculating about all of this. Okay. So... I did a tiny bit of research. I couldn't find how much of it really did happen to her. Um, so I don't know. I can't really recommend the movie unless you're a fan of her. Uh, and then I watched today for Free Space Day, a movie that we talked about, I think, off mic last week. Oh. The Mule. <laughs> yes. Because I've been watching a ton of Clint Eastwood movies yeah. lately. Yeah. Most from the 70s, mm-hmm. a few of his 80s outings. Uh, but I had never seen The Mule. Yeah. It's a fascinating movie. It really is, yeah. I was very entertained watching it. It's very entertaining. Yeah. Uh, I like how he leans into being old. Yeah. Even if he is able to still score multiple threesomes in the same movie. Yeah, but that was cartel-sponsored. Right. right. <laughs> um, I wish he didn't always equate being old with being racist. Yeah, I remember him like having a particular, like... I'm racist, but, like, we can make jokes type of moment with, like, lesbian bikers. Yes. Yeah. And some gardeners at the beginning of the movie. Like, literally his first line is something racist about, like, keep driving that taco truck and you're going to get deported. Those are the first words out of his mouth in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Now, when he's not being racist, he's sort of an irascible, lovable old coot. And he's a character. He's not a grouch the way yeah. he is in something like he's Gran fu- Torino. Yeah. I mean, he can be funny. Like, yeah. so I remember some of the stuff where, like, you know, it's a cartel. And, like, they have certain ways of doing things. But he's, like, trying to kind of, like, haggle with them. Yeah. And it's funny. Yeah. Because they're not used to dealing with, like, a, a weird old white man. Right. So, yeah. I like all the stuff about him learning to text. Yeah. Um. I think the movie has a lot of things to say about mm-hmm. like how you're going to live out your final years and what kind of person you want to be and looking back at your life and yeah. the choices that you want to make. I'm less interested in a lot of like the Bradley Cooper DEA storyline. Yeah. That makes it more of a conventional, I don't know what, it's not a thriller. I mean, what do you no. even call this movie? It's drama, not even, just a drama, I, I guess. guess yeah. But it's like you said, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. It's dramatic. I mean, there's some heavy shit that goes on because wasn't Diane Weist in it? Yeah. 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 I feel bad for her because she's like she's played like dying woman in a lot of movies. Sure. Like between that, 
Bright Lights, Big Cities, like the same part. Yes, basically. Um, I feel like I'm missing a few. Probably others. Yeah. Lost Boys. Yeah, <laughs> that okay. was a real turn. <laughs> I'm just like, what are we doing with this? And then like the Frog Brothers are like, we'll save you. <laughs> Um, but overall, I liked it. I, I thought it was really interesting and really, it doesn't all work, but like, I'm kind of fascinated by the mess of it. I'm excited for his next movie in September. Something macho? Cry macho. Cry macho. Which is the most Eastwood title ever. Yeah. Yeah. He's 91. Yeah. I hope he keeps making movies until he's like 110. Well, it's funny because I looked at his filmography as an actor and I'm like, okay, I'm into it. And then I looked into his filmography as a director. Yeah. And there's like this whole period where I just could not be less interested. Was it like post Oscars? Yeah, for sure. Okay. It's like the, and I've seen a bunch of them. Like Invictus. Invictus, Changeling. Um, okay, I've seen both. I like Changeling a lot. I was not I only a saw, fan of I only saw it once. But... As did I, and then at the time, I was not a fan of it. I'm trying to pull up his director page so that I can... Um... Yeah, Hereafter, J. Edgar, Jersey Boys, Invictus, Changeling. Uh, it's kind of that period like i haven't seen sully but yeah. i wouldn't count that as part of the same period i haven't seen oh. 1517 to paris i haven't seen that one i, didn't I, like I probably sully. won't see 1517 to paris yeah i didn't that's like, like sully. his propaganda movie no i i hear good things about sully those are i don't get it but um <laughs> but then again i liked changeling and like i really liked the one time i saw it i really liked hereafter okay and nobody liked that movie and i remember um this is one of my favorite, like, pre-me being on the show memories. Okay. It was 2010, and you and Doug and JB probably at the same time were doing the top 10 show. Yeah. And it was to the point where, like, we you were taking, like, hey, if you're listening to the show, send us your top 10 list, and oh, we'll, yeah, like, right. we'll read it on the show. Right. And I remember Doug and you being, like hereafter like it was like my number eight and then like i had like the karate kid remake at number 10 and like doug had one of my favorite reviews for that movie where he's just like i walked out on that movie and i was on a plane (laughs) (laughs) so Uh, now i own hereafter but i haven't seen it since okay i've never seen it there's a bunch of movies in there that i skipped because i'm just like oh i'm not interested in this period did you see the trailer for Stillwater with no. Matt Damon? I've it seen looks... a poster for it, but I haven't seen a <laughs> it trailer. It looks so much like it should be an Eastwood movie, yeah. but it's Tom McCarthy. Because it was all shot in one take? Probably. Yeah. I don't mean like the whole movie in one take. I mean, yeah. he only does one take of every scene, and that's why that's everybody a... loves working with him. So yeah. you watch something like The Mule, and yeah. everybody that pops up mm-hmm. is like, oh, cool, look who it is. Yep. You know, he gets great actors to do these tiny parts because everybody's like, oh, I can be in an Eastwood movie and be home for dinner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, yeah, there's that odd fascination to him, like, against your, I mean, like, like the most well-intentioned part of you is, like, you're done with Clint Eastwood, you don't want to watch any more of his movies. Yeah. And then, like, the devil on your shoulder is just like, well, he didn't do anything that bad. <laughs> And then you keep watching his movies. So yeah, if I can, can I just say? ignore Gran Torino. I don't want to rewatch Gran Torino, but I heard somebody reference that there's 
Scott Eastwood's in Gran Torino, and I don't remember him in the movie. Okay. But they said that, they, they joke that it's funny that Clint Eastwood cast him only so that his character in Gran Torino can call Scott Eastwood a pussy. Oh, nice. And I'm just like, I, like I kind of want to see that scene. Yeah, right. Yeah. Although, I think Scott Eastwood's growing on me just a little bit. No. Just a little bit. He's no. okay in Wrath of Man. He's okay. Oh, and I he's good. He was in Wrath, and Man. he's okay in the out. You know, I'll I'll actually say he's good in that the Outpost movie that Rod Lurie directed. So he's like maybe got a good coach now. Okay. I don't know. I'm not fully on board, but I'm no. more like 33 percent on board compared to the zero that I was before. Fast Nine brings back <laughs> Bow Wow. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And still doesn't bring back Scott Eastwood. No, and good because <laughs> who needs? They're all about course correction. And the I fast know, series. I know he's your boy, but I could do without any more Mister Nobody. Oh, let's, De- definitely. Let's, let's talk need, about Fast Nine. Yeah, definitely don't need Little Nobody. Mister Nobody. Yeah, is at the heart of so much of what's wrong with this movie and this franchise. Yes, yes, I agree with you. Um. So I'll let you go first. We're, we're talking about Fast 9. We'll talk spoiler-free for a couple of minutes, and then we'll get into spoilers. But what are your initial impressions of F9, the Fast Saga? As the resident Fast and Furious expert and the franchise's biggest fan here at F This Movie. Uh, I I thought it was fun, but I also could – this could end at any time, and I'd be fine. Okay. Like, I, th- this franchise is – the way I described it is – say like let's be generous and say one through seven is it's racehorse days eight and nine is like the horse is out to stud and it's like what is it doing except just (laughs) waiting to die (laughs) like honestly i mean what what's like eight and nine have been like dom movies where it's all about part of the problem but that completely like leaves everybody else in the lurch because there's no purpose to any of their characters or arcs or anything going on with them. And it just sort of, not with every character, but with a lot of characters, like it just kind of puts a spotlight on like their annoying qualities. Okay. Like I'm really getting tired of Tej Ramsey Roman. And I'm hoping that in 10, they bring in the Tokyo Drift guys again, yeah. and they don't just leave them out of 10 and 11, because they need some new blood in these movies. Scott like, Eastwood. <laughs> oh, that worked. <laughs> that probably wouldn't have bothered me as much if it wasn't him being sort of the Paul Walker right, replacement, right. because they gave him the car, right. and then, like he's the white blonde guy and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, like just to kind of summarize it, I, I did have a good time. I saw it twice. It is about as good the second time as it was the first time for me. Um, But yeah, it is kind of like this franchise has a lot of problems, more problems than good stuff happening now. And it, it's really just kind of works for me mostly as residual affection for the older movies. Yeah. And the action sequences are fun. Okay. So, yeah, I I feel terrible. I've dreaded doing this podcast because, I felt like last week when we did Broken Arrow, I was like a little grouchy and a little harder on the movie than I probably wanted to be. And now I've known since seeing this movie on Saturday that I have to come back and be the asshole again. You're not. 
Yeah, I know, but the little bit I've seen online, the reaction is very much just like, this movie's fun. I don't know what people want from these things. And I'm not like, in that boat, but no. like, yeah, so I'm not going to put you in like right. that position, right. but yeah. I did not enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very disappointed in my reaction to it because I really wanted to have fun. I was happy that Justin Lin was back. Yeah. Uh, I'm a fan of almost all of them, you know, uh, mm-hmm. save for the last one. I know you had said in a text to me right after you saw it that you liked it better than eight. Yes. But probably not much else. Yeah. And after rewatching, I needed to rewatch three and four, um, to kind of see where it stacked up, but that still stands. Yeah. Other okay. than, other than eight, I think this is the, the least of them. I don't even know if I like it better than eight. Okay. But I would need to rewatch eight, and I don't know if I'm willing to do that, especially now, where yeah. I'm just like, what would be the reason now? The whole purpose of rewatching eight is to go into nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Justin Lin is a good director. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not a great writer because he does have screenwriting credit on this. Yeah. This is the first one that Chris Morgan didn't write. And yeah. I think, I don't know this for a fact. I'm just speculating, but I think maybe. He chose Team Hobbs and Shaw, and then he kind of got kicked out yeah. because of that. Because I heard that there was sort of like a pissing contest with, like, if you're if you choose to be in Hobbs and Shaw, like you're kind of out of the core series now. Interesting. So I don't I don't know if that will hold water for the rest of the right. series, but yeah. Huh. I think I liked Hobbs and Shaw better than this. I definitely didn't like Hobbs and Shaw better. Than this. <laughs> I like because yeah. I liked like the first twenty to twenty five minutes of Hobbs and Shaw. I was like, this mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Yeah, and then it falls off a cliff, and I yeah. couldn't stand most of that movie. <laughs> I remember being so incensed that Kevin Hart and Ryan Reynolds were in Hobbs and Shaw, oh, and I'm just like, you need to warn me these things <laughs> so I can mentally prepare myself. Have you seen the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard? No, no. I mean, like I'm. I see almost anything in theaters now that theaters are open again, and I'm actively proud of myself that okay. I've stayed away because I know that like I'm not going to enjoy it. I hated the first one, and people I didn't say like this the is first even one. Worse. Oh, see, I heard people saying they liked this one, so oh, I was like, okay. maybe it's okay. It won't be right. That's yeah. just me being fooled because yeah. I didn't like the first one either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's got Banderas in it. I like him. Yeah, the other four like. I don't, well, I, don't, I won't lump Hayek into this, but, like, Samuel L. Jackson, Ryan Reynolds, and Morgan Freeman, like, if they want to coast, they can coast oh, in boy, a movie. can they. And, like, this is what that feels like. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Um, so let's just go ahead and get into spoilers. spoilers yeah. yeah, because, really, what are we going to say except yeah. uh, how we initially felt about it? Um, so spoilers for Fast 9 coming up. Because one of the first things I want to talk about is what you were just saying when you were talking about Team Hobbs and Shaw versus Team Fast and Furious. Yeah. Jason Statham seems to have crossed both lines. He has, yeah, interestingly enough. Although his contribution to Fast 9 is just the mid credit scene. And unless my theory holds water, which okay. I'll get into in a second, this confrontation, who cares? No, for sure. Point, like because it was all like. First problem with it is okay. When I rewatch Tokyo Drift, Han's death in Tokyo Drift, I say death in air quotes. Right, is motivated because he was stealing money from the Yakuza guy. They have a chase. A car hits him. He dies. 
or he explodes, he, he dies. So that's the original intent, motivation, right. so on and so forth. It's like a reckless driving thing. But it was motivated because he needed to get into the car to avoid getting chased down from the guy who's the, the mafia guy who was going after him for stealing money. Then it turned into, you know, Shaw was hunting him. Right. How would he know to hunt him? Because how would he know that he would be in this chase at this point in time in this location? But now it's even more convoluted because it was set up so that he was planted where he would be at the exact time by Mr. Nobody in order to fake Han's death to make him a secret covert uh, agent. I hate that they're all secret agents. I do too. I hate that this franchise has just become mission dumb possible. <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sorry. Continue. Um, and then my theory is that, okay, remember at the end of Hobbs and Shaw, there's no. like a robot <laughs> voice. Nope. There's like an inspector gadget moment where it's like Dr. Claw or whatever the villain's oh, name was. yes. And it's just like, who is that? And they don't reveal yes. who it is. They, it has to be Mr. Nobody. And it has to be that like Han is kind of a rogue agent now and a bad guy. Because you think so? I think so. Because otherwise, why? Like, why are they going after Jacob? Why are they going after Deckard Shaw? Except to like settle scores. Okay. So, I and also just why is Kurt Russell in the most thankless role ever? Like, they need to have some kind of motivation for mr nobody other than him just being right the guy who sends them on missions right so i i'm feel less confident about the han aspect of okay. it but i feel very confident that kurt russell is sending team toretto to do dirty work for him and he's gonna turn out to be the master villain and it's not cypher mm. or they're in cahoots like they're fucking they're fucking <laughs> <laughs> I would see that movie. Yeah. Um, are they only doing one more of these? Is that what they said? I don't know this for sure, but I think it's two. But no. I think it's like a part one, part two. Oh, great. Yeah. Awesome. So, I don't know. I mean, the whole... I expressed this on the Fast 8 show where I'm just like so done with the government. Yes. The hacking. Yes. The cipher. There's a lot of hemorrhoids in this series. As soon as this movie opens with yeah. them being like sent on a mission. Yeah. And I immediately was just like, wait, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, why these people? Yeah. Why are they now the government's go-to operatives? They've they become like that team that Hobbs ran in Fast Five. Right. Like they, they're the new team, except it's not run by him. In anymore. five it kind of made sense. Yeah. Like the, they sort of arrive at it organically in terms of like, well, you guys are gonna be the ones to rob this bank or whatever. You yeah. Know, they sort of get to it organically. Yeah. And it's just gone so far afield of that. Yeah. And there's so much fan service now this movie is nothing but fan service so mm. they bring back han who's a fan favorite and i'm in favor of that yeah because i love han he used to be my favorite character but after this i can't say that he is because they bring him back they give him nothing to do yeah the whole the whole 
reason for bringing him back or like the not reason for bringing him back but like the story behind how they bring him back is so stupid that like you almost just wish they didn't bring him back right and then they add this like girl with the magic blood which once i saw that part i'm just like oh patrick's gonna hate this part fucking magic blood but um she's the key she's she's the jewel of the nile she's project aries secret (laughs) weapon um Where's the device? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't like this movie. No, I mean, the moment I start talking about anything with it, like, it's stacking yeah, right, up in all the stuff right. that I don't like. But, like, the act of watching magnet cars driving Jeeps across rickety bridges, like, I enjoy those moments. There's a lot of moments, like, the big moments, the action set piece stuff. The beats that, like, I don't like. And that's another thing is, I don't know if it's because this movie's had a, literally a year and a half of marketing, but they've ruined everything. Like, mm-hmm. by the time the movie happens, like, you've seen all the right. big stuff. Right. Which is kind of a drag. It was a weirdly sloppy movie for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. There's a lot of off-camera exposition being delivered, a lot of obvious ADR. Mm-hmm. Um, and that surprised me because, again, Justin Lin is a good director. He's a better director than F. Gary Gray. Yeah. So I think that gives nine the advantage over eight. Um, but I also don't know that there's anything in nine that I liked more or that I found more impressive than, like, it's raining cars in eight. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Like, I, Magnet that Cars I, and it raining cars is kind of... Magnet Cars was kind of cool. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. It didn't it didn't get me super excited the way that like just them driving down the street dragging the safe did in five. That's the thing, yeah. I mean like the simpler the better. Like the way that I stealing DVD players. Yes. Um this is a weird analogy, but like there's one year where in my apartment I was just like, I'm gonna go fucking nuts with Halloween decorations. And I bought so much stuff and I put it all up and I was like, I'm suffocating. Like, <laughs> like I can't go September and October looking at all this tacky shit. Like it looked like it looked like an Applebee's in my apartment. Like I couldn't stand it. So I took out half of the stuff and I'm like, ah, much better. Like I have the the vibe that I want in this right. room, but there's enough air and like breathing room I can I can handle it. And that's what this franchise needs, but I don't think they they will do it just because I think they're listening to the wrong fans. And I hate to put myself in the position of like, I'm the right fan, <laughs> but like, I think they're learning the lessons that no, we have to go bigger and bigger and bigger. And we have bigger to go to space. Bigger. We have to go to space. People have been joking for a few movies. Now I was one of them. Like yeah. probably after six, I was like, this thing better end with them going into space. Yeah. And now they go to space and I can't stand it. Well, also they go to space and they don't know what to do up there except what do we do? Let's they just crash float a car around, right, the, uh, and crash a car into a satellite. Which, in its simplicity, I kind of appreciated because the last thing I needed was Tej to be right on something again. <laughs> like, I, I feel bad picking on like him and Ramsey, like less to a lesser degree Roman. Although I do feel bad that like with what Romans become, because if you go back to like Too Fast, Too Furious. He was kind of not dangerous, but he was kind of had like an edge to yeah, him. Yeah, he was threatening. And now he's just like a this, clown. Yeah, a clown. Yeah. But I swear to God, like, I hate, hate, hate fucking I can hack into anything bullshit. <laughs> and like, it comes 
prepackaged with these music stings that sound exactly like when my dad watches NCIS and like Mark Harmon has like a moment for the dads and I'm and then it's just like there's like a little music beat where it's like ooh and I'm like fuck you like that's one thing I hate about this evolution of this franchise I like the movie by the way uh, but one thing I hate about the evolution of this franchise is this started as a franchise where the movies would play on FX Network right, or on Spike right, TV. Right. Now we are so hard into USA territory. Okay. Characters are welcome because they keep fucking adding characters. They do keep adding characters, but I would say they just there are no characters. There's actors playing parts. Yeah. But like one of the things that's great about something like Fast Five where they it everything coalesces and yeah. they they unite um all the previous movies um, and kind of pay off, you know, four previous films. Um, everybody gets kind of a chance to shine. Everybody is a character in a different way. Part of that is because you're getting a lot of character introductions, which this movie has like no first act whatsoever. Mm-hmm. There's no introduction to anybody or anything. It's just yeah. Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez. And now we got to go on a mission. Yep. Um, so like Tyrese is sort of a character because he just makes one. Yeah. Uh, given what he's given to work with. He decided to be the audience surrogate, right. which is something. Right. He's yeah. scared of stuff, I guess, yeah. and believes that they're invincible. Yeah. Nobody else is a character. No. They're just – except for Dom. And that's a, you know another big part of the problem is the franchise has been completely hijacked by Vin Diesel. Yes, and – that's another thing where, like, in the first Fast and Furious movie, in his cameo in Tokyo Drift, in Fast 4, maybe 5 even, he still had an edge a little bit. Yeah. But now he's, like, I don't even know. He's, he's like, the guy that is, like, the buzzkill of, like, yeah. like, everybody else is trying to have fun. Right. Yes. But he comes in and he's, like... The one who he's not grounding it, but like he's grounding it in the way of like you're punished and you're grounded. Right. right yeah. Right. Yeah. His energy, his too serious, humorless approach to yeah. the character. His he's he's like a scold. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's been totally hijacked. So that the last movie is all about him and his kid, and yeah. this movie is now about him and his brother, and yeah. he's the only character who has an arc and i will admit i don't give a shit about dominic toretto's arc this movie thinks yeah that we are we have way more affection for dominic toretto and the toretto family than i do like i'm here for fucking tyrese not you (laughs) (laughs) see i don't even know what i'm in it for anymore because like i'm not because i think some of the stuff with the rest of the crew is is not to my liking really anymore. And I kind of like the Vin Diesel stuff a little bit more than kind of, you know, if I'm with Roman Ramsey and Tej, but well, they are not the comic pairing that this movie thinks that they are. No, but I think we're not sending hope and Crosby to space. No, I mean, there's two things I think threw this franchise off. It's rocker a bit. One is, and through no fault of anybody, it's a tragedy, but like, Paul Walker was, if you had any doubt, was the heart and soul of this series. Yep. And he was the person that 
made it a car series and not like a secret agent series. Right. Because before, like the secret agent stuff or the action stuff or the cop stuff, it was all Brian. Right. And everybody else was drivers (laughs) and thieves. Right. Right. And Paul Walker, if you've seen him in anything, even the worst Paul Walker action movie, something like Brick Mansions. Which I haven't seen. He's so good at like that intensity, like making you believe it type of thing. And like, I'm sorry, just like it's it's a command of the screen type of thing. And nobody else really has that with the action beats. And the other thing is that fucking ride at Universal Studios, Fast and Furious <laughs> Supercharged, which I swear to God, that's like a hex. Like something like somebody put a hex on the franchise and it started with Fast and Furious Supercharged. Where you're just like, what in God's name was that? <laughs> so I think those two things. It, it, but then you introduce like the Mr. Nobody thing. And the only thing I like about Mr. Nobody now at this point, like about that whole thing, is I do like that Jacob said, uh, John Cena's character said, like, well, how did you think Mr. Nobody found you? Because like I was one of his agents. So he knew who a Toretto was. And that's how he found you. Because that other, because in Furious 7, it makes no sense why, right, like, right. Mr. Nobody would be like, I need Dom to take out Deckard <laughs> Shaw. <laughs> no, but it never does. It never makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I get it. You have to buy into the central premise, which is like they're a super team of superheroes now. Yeah. And it's not what they used to be. And I'm either on board with it or not. And it just turns out that I'm not. Yeah. 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 I mean... <sighs> That's the thing that's like kind of is weird about this one compared to like this one's almost even though I think it's better than eight and better than Hobbs and Shaw, it's almost more depressing for me because in eight I was like fired up. Like I was so mad about like what a drop down in quality it yeah, was yeah. compared to the other ones. And now I just don't care. Okay. And that's like a bad place to be in an if you think of this as like a relationship between fan right, and franchise. Right. Like when you don't care, that's like when it's over. Yeah. That's like so much worse than you being mad at it. Yeah, well, yeah. and the th- it's not like you don't care about the the previous movies. It's not the it's not that thing where like yeah. the prequels came out and now I hate Star Wars. Yeah. It's like, I don't care about where this franchise has gone. I still have my mm-hmm. affection for the first seven movies. Yeah. It's just, you know, it'll never get back to that. And it's... I thought this pre- might be... I thought so, too. The but, one yeah. to restore some of the magic. But yeah. to me, it just doubled down on a lot of the things that I already wasn't liking. Yeah. It sucks. Because, like, I rewatched Knockaround Guys this weekend. Yes. And, like... There was nothing better than, like, early Vin Diesel. Like, early Vin Diesel was pretty awesome. Yeah. And you had that for a while in this franchise, and now it's just, like, he's producer Vin Diesel. Right. He's not Dominic Toretto. Right. He's, like, you're watching producer Vin Diesel. And, right. And I just want him to feel like... This is going to sound so stupid, but, like, I want him to earn being Dom again. Like, okay. I want him to feel like everybody talks up his character so much about so f- how fucking awesome he is like earn your coolness back right and i don't know if he can i mean like maybe that's unfair at this point but like it's a big ingredient well he's bought into a certain mythology that again i think 
misconstrues at least what I liked about the character or his performance early on. Yeah. He must think that this is what somebody wants. And the movie seemed to play with my audience. Like they were laughing at the stuff that was supposed to be funny. Yeah. Um, clearly there's some affection for Dominic Toretto because mm-hmm. these movies make a ton of money and he's the, the central figure. He's the producer. He's kind of shepherding the entire franchise at this point. Yeah. But where he has taken things and in particular his character, um, is just so far from whatever interested me in that, but it, it has to be serving someone right besides him. I would think so. I mean, it- he seems to have like learned all the lessons that like Triple X three had and was like, I'm putting them in Fast and Furious where it's like let's go crazier, where it's just like a cartoon and everything, but and I think that's what appeals to the audience. But the the going crazier? Yeah, all that Is nuttiness. Is there a certain like hipster ironic detachment to loving the craziness? Yeah, I think so. But I think there's this enough is, of. Is, a, but I think there's enough people who don't aren't hipsters who like the craziness. There too. must be. Yeah, the little bit that I see on Twitter, and Twitter is not a fair representation sure. of mainstream America. Yeah, the little bit I see on Twitter, I sometimes feel like, oh, we just like this because it's goofy. Yeah, and and silly, and um, and we're a little bit cooler than it. Yeah, I mean. It it's weird because I I can only speak for for myself because thank God I'm not a hipster but like <laughs> the uh, the craziness of it because there's so many things in this movie where it's like people are getting flipped around like they're stickers like it's like there's no impact on anything right um, that stuff doesn't bother me at all like it doesn't phase me I'm not like rolling my eyes at it like I just accepted it like I accept it like I accept love like. This reminded like this movie kind of reminded me like a little bit of like Die Another Day, where I'm just like, this is as crazy as it could get, right? Like they have to make it like scaled back at some point. Right. Like what else could they do? But like unlike Die Another Day, like this one for some reason because this has been gradually leading to this, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this nuttiness doesn't bother me all that much. But the thing that bothers me so much about this, where this franchise is going, is just like I don't think any of it matters on a character level anymore. Like, I don't think like the relationships matter. Nope. Whereas the earlier ones, like it did matter. Like right. it, like stuff happened in interpersonal communications right. and choices. Like, right. you know, it might not have been like the greatest thing in the world, but it's like Brian sent Letty out to, you know, infiltrate Braga's gang and stuff like that. And then, she everybody thought that she died and then there's like residual anger from that and stuff like that like there's tension between like characters mm-hmm. or there's camaraderie between characters or something or like two people are getting to know each other like there's this great bit in 6 where um Tyrese and Han kind of have a moment together because they're just getting the shit kicked out of them by Joe Taslam and it's just like yeah that's like it's cool right, cuz they're like right. getting into the mix with each other in a way that they hadn't before. But right. like now there's just nothing like it's kind of like, is Ramsey allowed to talk to Letty? <laughs> like, like, yeah, they don't interact. Like, at like all. there's a lot. Of, it's weird for like, is Mia allowed to talk to, to Roman? Like why bring Mia weird. back at all? I think it's just more as a favorite of Jordana Brewster where it's just like, 
we're not exiling you just because Paul Walker is no longer. Which I appreciate. And I like around. seeing her back just as a fan of this franchise. Yeah. But bringing her back, you immediately have to then start dealing with the where's Brian question. Yeah. And I don't like the way this movie does it. To to just keep acknowledging, yeah, he's still around. Here's his car pulling into the driveway. He's yeah. home with the kids. Um, to just keep talking around it. Yeah. Does a disservice to the perfect send-off that they gave him in 7. Yes. Yeah. I I think that they're meddling with it so much that they have to un- undo it in a way. Yeah. Where you and I kind of talked about this over text once, where at this point, if, say, Paul Walker's daughter and his brothers and, like, his estates or his family, like, were okay with it... I'm not saying do like the Furious Seven thing where like you hire his brothers and then you like you repurpose old Fast and Furious movies and use Paul Walker's likeness. I'm saying just hire Cody Walker or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm I'm forgetting, but like his younger brother, or whomever, or his older brother, just say, "Oh, that's Brian O'Connor," right? And we just fucking accept it right. and don't give him like the biggest role, right? Because he's not a professional actor. But, like, give him a smaller role. Give yeah. him the size role that, like, you would give to, I don't know, like, uh, Mia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because this movie has no idea what to do with her. It brings her yeah. into the mix. It has her acknowledged, like, Brian's yeah. home with the kids. I need to be here. Yeah. And there's a little bit of a question of, like, he's my brother, too. So, okay, I guess it sort of addresses that. But just yeah. when it was like, so Mia came back, I'm like, wait, they sent they bring Mia back and they left Brian at home. Like Brian's the one with the training, police officer training, FBI training. Brian's the expert driver. Like there's Mm -hmm. lots of skills that Brian could bring to this operation. What's Mia going to do? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, she was good with like GPS and five. Right. And she can drive, but that's about it. Back when she was the, this movie's like biggest hacker. (laughs) Yeah. She was like, that's the the thing. I missed that. Like in five, it was just like, I could see like on your satellite that like like where dispatcher was a dispatcher. Like that was the thing. Right. But now we have Ramsey who isn't going anywhere. And then movie after movie, I'm like, surely they're going to get rid of Ramsey, right? Yeah. Not kill her off because they're never killing anyone off ever again, I don't think. Do you think they'll get off? Get off? Do you think they'll get rid of Magic Blood Girl? Or is she no, just in the family No, she's probably now? part of the family now. Which, whatever. She's Han's give surrogate me, daughter or something. <laughs> give me the three Tokyo Drift guys for the next two movies and I'll I'll deal with having Magic Blood Girl around. But I don't know. It's like... There's so many just obvious choices that, like, I feel like I could help them with. Yeah. And they just won't do it. No. I have been pushing and, you know, I don't think I have anybody's ear in California except for maybe Heather. So, like, (laughs) Heather, if you could put in a word with the producers of Fast and Furious, I would appreciate it. But I've been pushing for it. They need a fuck around entry. They need, like, one that's not tied to anything. Yeah, They need... Like their, I don't know, their Prisoner of Azkaban movie. Okay. Where it's just Enter the Dragon with cars. Yeah. Just have fun. Like, remember they fun? Can't, they can't go back now. The stakes are, they're in space. They're destroying satellites. They're agents of Mr. Nobody. They are, they was, can't go back. I was so excited when I thought for that one second that Cypher was dead. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, 
good. You're acknowledging you have no idea what you're doing yeah. with Hannibal Lecter, right. Baron. Right. Then, like, which you don't need her in a cage like that. Just keep her away from computers. Erica had all these questions, like, <laughs> does she, how does she go to the bathroom? How does she change clothes? She changes everybody? clothes, reapplies makeup, eats. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's that other villain who's Otto. Villain 3 who's so uninteresting. <laughs> villain 3 is like, I'm proud of this analogy. Villain 3 is like if you had a Coke freestyle machine for actors. Yeah. And you pressed the Daniel Brule button. Yeah. But then you filled it up with a William Sadler flavor halfway and a <laughs> Carrie Elway's flavor halfway. Nice. Nicely done. Um, John Cena. We should probably talk about John we Cena. We should talk about John Cena. I think he's one of the better things in the movie. He's fine. Yeah. I don't think the movie makes use of any of his talents. Um, Not really. I think he has like a kind of winking that doesn't get too far into camp, which okay. is, I think, suits the material pretty well. Okay. So I, more so in the second half than in the first half, because like when he's sort of like, um, I don't know, kind of like joking around about how he's got the Project Ares thing and stuff like that. <sighs> I was just like, OK, like he seems like preening Cena like <laughs> a little bit. And I like that more than just kind of like, like, oh, you come from the Nordic strain of Toretto's. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That weird bit of trying to explain, like, that mixed-up Toretto bloodline. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. My favorite uh, returning character, I need to throw this in there before I forget, is just the inexplicable, like, two seconds of Shea Wiggum showing up where he's just like, right? I'll get you out of this. I don't know. <laughs> he's just like, I owe you a favor, I think, because... <laughs> Brian keep, keeps breaking my nose, <laughs> so I owe him, but I'm just privileged that he put his hands on me. Right. Like, it's weird. But even Shea Wiggum was just like, I don't know, fuck it, I'm out of here. <laughs> That's the energy this movie needs more of, you yeah. know, that kind of I don't know, fuck it energy, yeah. because uh, it's all Vin Diesel. And John Cena, who I think can be a funny actor, as, ev as evidenced in something like Blockers. Yes, or uh, that party movie where with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Sisters? Sisters. Yeah. The one I was thinking of is Trainwreck. Oh, yeah. He's very funny in Trainwreck. He's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and can also do, like, super square-jawed Boy Scout, because I really like the Marine. I haven't seen that one. It's really fun. Mostly because of Robert Patrick. But John Cena is, 12 like... 12 Rounds. Not as good. Okay. I'll watch I don't the I don't like it as much. I'll watch the Marine. Yeah. yeah. I, I dig the Marine. Okay. Um... This movie makes use of neither because he has to be the bad guy. Yeah. He can't be funny because he's mixed up in all the Toretto seriousness. Yeah. Somebody somewhere, maybe in our comments section, likened it to The Godfather 2 with all the flashbacks. And again, yeah. this movie insists that I give a shit about the Toretto dynasty, and I don't. I think I might care more than you do about something you must it. i don't care about the dynasty but every time they did the flashback stuff especially when you saw like young vince yes i was just like "Ooh, i would watch little furious <laughs> i would totally watch teenager okay teenager dom and mia and vince and okay like all the like that one dude who was in one but like is still alive but was like oh yeah cops 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 yeah, like yeah, yeah. like that guy's gone yeah. Um, little Jesse running around. <laughs> I mean, 
And by the way, that's back when the movies were cool and like if you killed somebody off, they were gone. They were gone. They were just Dead. gone and we could deal with it. Right. You know? And that fell apart with Michelle Rodriguez, right? Yeah. Which... There's a moment in this movie where she talks about like back when I was trying to remember who I was and I was like, oh, right. That's a whole thing that happened. There was a yeah. whole amnesia subplot in yeah. this fucking franchise. Which, you know what, like with Michelle Rodriguez and I guess with Han, if like he's cool again in 10 and 11, then I'm happy that they did it like in the long run where they played with Brought the chronology yeah. to bring yeah. him back. but. Yeah, I don't. I, don't I know. like having Michelle I, Rodriguez in the franchise, so I'm glad they brought her back. Yeah, she's one of the few people that I think is, gets out of the movie unscathed. And I think she gets. Me and Rob were talking about this. She gets cooler and cooler, yeah. like with every year. Yeah, like Michelle Rodriguez is just awesome. So yeah. she's genre movie gold. Yeah, um, and she's given nothing to do, but no. she's good. I did like the line at the beginning where it's the whole, like, you know, it's not who we are and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But, like, I think it's funny because it made me raise – it made me think, do Dom and Letty compare themselves as a couple to Brian and me? And they're, they're like so. They're like, we're cooler than them, right? right? And they're not at all. But, like, no, they're, they're just like – they're just like, we, we wouldn't just give up to be parents. Like, we're <laughs> fucking cool, right? Like, we're still hip. Like, I could still wear this fisherman's cap, right? <laughs> uh, uh, no, I'm like, team Brian I could and stay up, all I, the way. I could stay up past midnight. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're always coming over to our barbecues, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just hope that's what happened. Like, that's the type of thing that you need in these movies is like... right. If fucking Paul Walker was still around, like there right. should be like back and forth about who's the better couple and like yes. just shenanigans like that. Vin Diesel would never allow it. No. A I, because I, it would be kind of funny, and B because there's a suggestion <laughs> that he might not be the best at something. Uh I read something where Paul I it was an old thing, but it was Paul Walker was saying something about like what Brian knows about himself, but like can't will never acknowledge or maybe he doesn't know but like Paul Walker knows about the Brian character or like the character doesn't know it okay is that Dom to him isn't like a friend Dom to him is like an old the older brother father figure that he didn't have yeah and that's the thing i really like about their relationship when i go back to the old movies because it's like oh okay that's why he's like right in awe of him right and i really like that but as their relationship grew like there's an evening out like they they kind of like it's he's not on the pedestal anymore they're equals and everything like that and that's what like there's they need that in these movies is they just need somebody and i don't know who it could be at this point i don't think anybody but like they need somebody to keep dom in check a little bit well again you're describing character dynamics yeah and that's something that this movie doesn't have anymore it has actors playing parts yeah it has no characters and it has no character dynamics they attempt with roman and tej But how are Roman and Tej really that different? They're not really, except like, here's the thing that Tej rolls his eyes at things that Roman says. The thing that's so frustrating about Tej for me is that he thinks he's cooler than Roman, but he's not cooler than Roman. Because no one's cooler than Roman. Because Roman is... Roman's just Roman, and Roman's fine with being Roman. Yep. He's not trying to impress anybody. He's right. just being Roman. Right. And as you get older, kids listening to this show, 
That's the coolest thing you could be yep. is not posturing anymore. <laughs> right. And fucking Tej, I think, is always trying so goddamn hard to be, like, smarter than everybody in the room, like, has the solution to everything, always, like, taking people down a peg or two. It's just like... Well, what is... The problem is he's rendered functionless on this team because they brought in Ramsey, yeah. who's a better hacker than Tej. That was his job. He was the hacker. Well, he can drive, too. And that's <laughs> okay. why they had to throw in that Ramsey can't drive, because right. otherwise right. she's just Lady Tej. Right. <laughs> and just, they don't know what to do with him at this point, you know? Yeah. I want to see, like, because they keep setting up sort of, like, they do it more in, I think, eight where it was like, who's Ramsey going to choose? Which it's like there the was bachelor. definitely a it's lot like of that. The Bachelor, where it's like, or the Bachelorette, or whatever. So where it's like, who's she going to pick? I want her to pick like Drift King. I want her to pick Carter Verone. Oh, <laughs> I miss Carter Verone. This movie it's a good needs hack of will. This movie needs it's a good a, hack will. Yes, a good hack. <laughs> good call will. <laughs> How do you feel if this series isn't behind you any longer? <laughs> uh, we were young, we're hackers, we're in America, what more could you want? What'd you say? <laughs> I said we're young, we're hackers, we're in America, what more could you want? I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> and then Brynarski shows up and you're just like, I'm really oh, uncomfortable. No. Um, Real skinheads. No, the fucking, like, this movie needs an avalanche of Kohlhauser. Like, these, <laughs> this, like, not just he's like, the fourth villain that you mix in with right. Cypher and whomever right, is the right, Otto right. or whatever. Like, right. you need Kohlhauser full-on yes. villain again. Yeah. Yeah. It needs something. And I think, I think 10, it, when we get it, it's just going to be nine personified. And, uh, and I'm not looking forward to it. And once upon a time, I was like this, I won. I was really looking forward to because I really thought it was going to be a major course correction from eight. And yeah. for me, it wasn't. Yeah. I'm trying to f- remember why I thought this movie was fun. <laughs> because you had fun watching it. I did. Yeah. But the moment I think about it, it just. Well, sure. Falls apart. Sure. Yeah. But that's fine. There are certain movies that play in the moment, and it's like you be back amongst your friends. Yes. And you're happy to see everybody on screen together, yes. and it's kinetic, and there's and stuff happening. I have a tradition happening. of watching these with my mom, right. and I look forward to it every year. Did she every- like it? She she liked it, but she was very specific about not liking the space stuff. Well, I don't blame her. Yeah. It's a bridge too far. Yes, yes. Um. I don't know why, but I think my favorite part of the movie was like seeing the old 90s Universal logo. That was awesome. I was happy with that. I was on board. And then I also liked that in the uh, the Lil Furious moments yeah. where there was um, uh, the, the race between Young Dom and Young Jacob. Yes. And they played a techno remix of Prodigy. Okay. And I was happy with that. Yeah. I was like, yay. And because there was like a race. And it's like, when's oh, the yeah. last time we had a race? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> was it five? Was that the last time there was a race? Again, uh, I haven't rewatched any of these recently. God, I don't know. I mean, at the beginning of six, there was a race to the hospital. When, okay. Right. When Brian and Mia's baby was born. Little Jack. <laughs> Which... You need to find out what's up with Little Jack. Yeah. What's going on with him? And also, yeah. it was it's so it drives me crazy every time I hear like Little Brian because that should be Little Paul, right? 
There's no reason why you should be named after right. a still living character. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, that's like if Roman had a son and named him Little Tej. It doesn't make any sense. I hope Roman does have a son and name it Little too. Tej. I hope Roman, like if you're going to go bull, go bull Goose Looney with this, Cursey JB of this movie. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. his phrase. I apologize for stealing it. Um, like, bring in, like, Denzel Washington as Roman's dad. Do it. And then he's just like, what is going on? He's, like, super judgmental. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the dynamic I want to see. I don't want to see Tej giving Roman shit anymore. Right. Whatever. They're not listening. They're not. Anything else about this movie you want to say? No. Not really. No. Um, this was a well, bummer. Yeah, what are you? What are, is there anything you're looking forward to the rest of the summer, movie wise? Sure, I can't remember what, but I'll Black see Widow. Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. It'll be cool to see a Marvel movie in theaters again. It's sure. been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. I started watching uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home like on cable. A that movie's days not ago. great. I'm a fan of it. Are you? Yeah, that's the Mysterio one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like kind of soggy, rainy, but so I sort of like it for okay. that reason. I didn't hate it. Yeah, um, and I just like Gyllenhaal as an actor, so I think it's funny sure. even if the character is sort of silly. But, yeah. Um, but when I was watching it, I was just like, "How did this movie only come out two years ago? And how is this <laughs> the last one that was in theaters? Is that right? Wow. Yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> I'm not. That's one of the reasons why I'm not watching Loki's. Wow. Oh, right. Yeah. I forgot about wow. Wow. (laughs) Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys very much for listening. Thanks, Adam, for doing this show. And when 10 comes out, we'll podcast on that, too. Sounds good. Oh, real quick. um, Did you watch the movie in IMAX by any chance? I did. Did you see the Jurassic World Dominion preview? So I got a good theater story about that. All right. Because there was a family... That did not understand what was going on and thought they went they went into the wrong theater. Okay. And inside thoughts, be, inside thoughts, <laughs> inside thoughts became outside speak. Oh, neat! And this guy was just like, "Are we in the right theater?" <laughs> and then he turns to his daughter. He's like, "Check your phone." And then he's like, "Everybody else in the theater gets it." It's like, "Oh, this <laughs> right, is a preview." Right. My a- son, who's twelve, got yeah. it. Like. Everybody gets it. It's like trust in the marquee that right, it says right. th- that they're not going to dupe like an entire IMAX <laughs> theater. But he's just like, check your phone. And then he like watches the 65 million years ago part and everything like that with just the dinosaurs. And two dinosaurs are about to fight. And then he gets up and he's just like, I'm going to go check on this. <laughs> and he stands up and then walks out of the theater. And he comes back in. And then he's just like, it's a five-minute preview of Jurassic Park. (laughs) And then he's like, it's so... And then he used the R word. Oh, wow. Yeah, but he was, like, real loud. And I'm just like, maybe you're the dumb one. Like, nobody else seems bothered by this except for you. I don't know. I had a guy in the concession line, in the standard concession line, yell at the guy behind the counter and go, are you... You really not going to call us five people in a row or two people in a row or whatever, four people in a row? And the guy just responded, "They're the premier line." Yeah, you got it. You pay for this privilege, motherfucker. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I remember one time I had that weird thing where like somebody was in the normal line, 
And then I was in the premiere line. Yeah. And they called me over, yeah. even though I got in the line after him. Right. And this guy looked at me like, are you serious that you're doing this to me right now? And I was just like, that's premiere, baby. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Thanks again, Adam. Yeah, thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.